Gaza feeling the strength and the might of Israel. Yeah, I bet you're praying. That's right, you can thank Hamas for that, Palestinians. Hear it. What are you laughing at? Uh, who's laughing now? Who is laughing now? I had a wonderful, wonderful Mother's Day weekend with my mother, my mother-in-law, and the white and my and the mother of my children, my wife. Only to wake up that Monday morning and see notifications, major alerts of rockets being fired into the state of Israel by Hamas in the Gaza Strip. How'd you like to have that? You wake up after Mother's Day, you're excited about all the delicious leftovers that are in the fridge you're going to have for breakfast and lunch, only to wake up and boom, 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 rockets being fired everywhere from terrorists. Well, that's how Israel has had to, uh, that's what Israel has to put up with. And they've been putting up with it for a long time. They're surrounded by their enemies, their capital, Jerusalem, their state. It's as the prophet said, would be a cup of trembling and a major conflict with the surrounding nations and nations throughout the world. We don't have time to go into all the conflicts that Israel has had to endure But one thing is for certain, they always win. They always prevail. And as of this recording, there are talks about an official ceasefire. We'll see what happens. But I know this, Israel, it will prevail uh, through this. This uh, war, the short war that they're having with Hamas and Gaza. Well, how did this current conflict start? How did this deal, uh, uh, the day after Mother's Day, 2021 how did this all start did it start with uh palestinians just shooting rockets no it actually uh, has been leading up to this uh beginning back in march so you have done a little bit of research done a, bit, a little bit of reading in the news and w- what i can tell you is i think that hamas media their corrupt fake news their lamestream media sound familiar yeah we know about that here in the united states hamas media instigated this violence see palestinians what they were doing the palestinian thugs and their bums sound familiar we got that in america thugs and bums started stabbing jews that's right at bus stops uh, on the street corners at the doors of the nice restaurants jews enjoying their day trying to have a nice day uh, at work having a nice day with their family Palestinian trash pulls knives on them and starts stabbing Jews. So when you have violence, crimes like this happen, what do you do? Well, you up the police force. So the Israeli police force increased and started dispersing the Palestinian riots. Yeah, Palestinian riots, they broke out. They see more police. They started rioting. So the police began to make more arrests, started pulling out the clubs, started pulling out the tear gas trying to control the situation and keep peace keep a civilized civilization well the palestinians don't want civilization yeah 
They want chaos. They want mayhem. They want in the Arab in the Arab Arabic language falda, which means chaos. So with this rise in police force and pushing back uh, the rioters, the resistance, uh, Hamas then said it's time to start shooting rockets. That's right. We don't want police. Defund the police. Refund or yeah, get rid of police. Defund the police. Abolish the police. So they start shooting rockets. Hamas starts pushing the buttons on the rockets into Israeli schools, into Israeli airports, into their neighborhoods. So what's Israel going to do? Sit there and let them do this? No. They got to put a stop to it. And you should know by now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, what is our formula for stopping it? It stops when you stop it. That's how it stops. So Israel retaliated. And, and that's the story we have. I mean, the USA has been going through this for the good part of a year now. Uh, our, our Hamas is, is Black Lives Matter and Antifa. That's right. Our rioters, our troublemakers, our uncivilized people is Black Lives Matter and Antifa. We up the police force to keep a, a peaceful society and BLM and Antifa don't want that. That's right. And Hamas don't want the police either. And I tell you why. It's because they're under the same spirit. They're being controlled by the spirit of the wicked one. You see, local police are one of the forces stopping Antichrist. Not as great as the church. The church is the one who is really hindering Antichrist. Because greater is he, that is Jesus, who is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Yeah, the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. That's why the church isn't here during the tribulation. Because Antichrist, the beast, prevails against the saints. Those saints aren't the church. It's actually the tribulation saints that belong to Israel. That's for another deeper subject for another day. We'll expound on that later on. But they're under the same spell because when you have local police, jurisdiction is broken up. But if you get rid of the police, you can have all the power given to one or a select few. Really, we all know it's for one, the beast himself. That's what they want. Abolish the local police and set up a nationalized or a globalized police force that can be controlled by one man who will completely purge anything and everything having to do with believing in the Bible. They will come after the church. They will come after the Jews. They'll try to destroy us all and set up a green flag with a moon and the star around it. Okay. If that doesn't make you sick, what makes me even sicker is to look around and see quote unquote Christians siding with Palestine and not Israel. It's those very same airheaded Christians who are woke. Yeah, the woke Bible believers who side with bums and thugs and not the police. Woke Christians, it is time for you to wake up. Look, I get it. The kingdom of heaven is open to whosoever. Palestinians need to be saved. Hamas people need to be baptized. That's right. The kingdom of heaven is open for all. Everybody is invited. But the land of Israel, the state of Israel, the promises of God to Abraham, it's not open to everybody. It's not the land of promise for the Canaanites. It's not the land of promise for the Palestinians. No, God gave that to Israel. 
God promised it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs, their seed, their lineage. So yeah, you want to have civil rights, you must first have a civil society. I know you believe in Acts 2.38. That's great. I know you believe in the salvation message, but you can't just believe in those verses. You've got to look at all the other verses in the Bible. Does the Bible say, call out to God for the liberation of Palestine? No, it sure doesn't. It sure doesn't. It commands us to pray for Israel, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122 and 6. Does the Bible command us to pray for the peace of Gaza, for the peace of Ashkelon, for the peace of Ashdod, for the peace of Palestine and Hamas? No, the word of God commands us to pray for the peace of Israel, for the peace of Jerusalem and for the peace of Israel. So you need to go back and delete all your posts for pro-Palestine. You need to go back and delete all your BLM hashtags and all that nonsense because you are siding with an evil spirit. We need to try the spirits to see that they are of God. And for the better part of a year, I've kept my mouth shut. I have kept my mouth shut because I have been trying the spirit. And the spirit I see in this world, in America, in Israel, all throughout the earth, is the spirit of commotion and chaos. Revolt, destroy, erase history, and establish the social new, socialist new world order. And when that fails, the communist new world order will be established all throughout the earth. And when the, when the wrath of God is poured out, all of that will fail and one man will arise. That's right, the Antichrist. So don't be a part of that spirit. Have no dealings with that spirit. Do you believe your Bible or do you believe in Biden? It's time to believe in your Bible. Oh, I know you want to you want to argue all the socius economical stuff and the oppression of of the white people and supremacy and the and the illegal occupation of Israel and all that. You know, all right, you want to argue socioeconomics? Let's let's do a little bit of that. Study history. Zionists left Europe because they saw what was coming in Europe: the racism and the hatred toward towards Jews. Jews were successful. Jews were blessed. And demon-possessed filled morons like Adolf Hitler and his Nazis uh, couldn't stand it. It was all, they were all moved to envy. It's really the same spirit that is in Palestine and the filth being spewed out of the DNC and out of BLM and out of Antifa and the four horsewomen of the apocalypse there in Congress. The Zionists left Israel, or excuse me, they left Europe to come to the ancient territory of Israel in the late 1800s. You know what's something when that happened? You know what else started uh, happening? Uh, People started getting filled with the Holy Ghost again. That's right. When the descendants, the natural sons and daughters of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob left, left the places that they were dispersed to, the diaspora began to come back into the land of Israel. The Holy Ghost began to fall. Yep. So they came and they dwelt in deserted, uninhabited places in the ancient territories of Naphtali and Zebulon. They came there, set up their tents, began to dig, began to farm. They found water. They began, (laughs) hey man, to plant, to grow crops. And the desert bloomed again, just like Isaiah prophesied. 
and their neighbors, the Palestinians, began to look at that and began to get jealous and began to try to wage war over land they wanted to have nothing to do with, but they were envious because Israel knew how to survive. They knew how to take nothing and make it into something. That's right. The Zionist never complained about what somebody owed them. Oh, no. They just simply prayed, God, help us improve our condition. Not much you hear about or, or hear uh, here in 2021. That's right. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of people talking about who owes them something. Why don't you pray, God, bless me? Why don't you pray, God, help me? Why don't God become your source? Why doesn't God become your true source of blessing? That's how it works. Stop begging. Stop being a bum. It's time to uh, uh, put your hand back. Your hand doesn't need to be out. Your hand needs to be put to the plow and work and do something for yourself. We need to get back to what they said around here in America, the United States in the 1800s. God helps those who helps themselves. That's right. You don't need the welfare state. You don't need Biden. You need your Bible. And you need the wealth and the promises of God. That's what you need. So Israel began to be blessed. They began to sell their olive oils. They began to sell their dates. They began to export the pickled herring out of the Sea of Galilee. And they were blessed and made money. You know what they did with that money? They went to the Arabs that owned that land. Yeah, they didn't fight for it. They went to the Arabs and said, can we buy this land? We'll offer you a lot of money. And the Arabs said, ooh, nice price. Nice price for deserted land. Sure, we'll sell it to you. So the Zionists bought the land from the Muslim, the Muslim Arabs. They bought that land fair and square, just like Abraham did. Their forefathers did. And they told the Palestinians, we bought this land. We own this land. It's time for you to leave. That's right. So it's not occupation. No, it's bought and paid for land. Not only is it bought and paid for, but it was land acquired through war, through the spilling of the blood of Israeli soldiers. That's right. Palestine is the spirit of envy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they like that socialism. That's what they're crying out for. That's right. They do. Yeah, Palestine thinks that's not fair for you to become wealthy in a deserted place. It's not fair for you to buy land and kick us out. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Well, Palestine didn't feel it was fair, so they fought back. They said, well, fight back. That's fair. Okay, fine. Well, Israel fought with them, and guess who won? Israel. They prevailed. God gave them victory in the 1940s, in the 1960s. That's right. You know what's something during all of this chaos, all of this war, all of these rockets being fired? Israel celebrated their 73rd year of statehood. That's right. May 14th, 1948, Israel became a state. And who was the first in the United Nations Council to recognize this? Harry S. Truman, buried not too far from me right now, our president. He said, that's right. Israel needs to be a state. Yep. And according to history, when Harry S. Truman saw this, declared this, he sat back in his chair and cried out with a loud voice, I am the biblical Cyrus. 
Yeah, God raised up Truman not only to help us to end the conflicts in World War II, but to also speak over Israel that you are a state and America is blessed for it. Okay. Do you want peace in this world? Do you want civilization to be civilized? Let me ask you a question. Do you hear the Jews in Israel calling for death to all Muslims? Die, Muslims. Die, 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 die. Do you hear them chanting that at the Western Wall? Do you hear Jews here in America and all throughout the world calling for the death of Muslims? No. No, you don't. They don't believe in that. That does them no good. They want civilization. See, the Jews enjoy life. They're not for death. They don't like violence. They want life. But do you hear Palestinians calling for the death of all Jews? Oh, every day. And it's not only their soldiers. It's their grandmas. It's their wives. And yeah, it's their young children. From the time they can talk, some of the first things they learn to say is death to the Jew. Death to the Jew. Allahu Akbar. Death to the Jew. Death to the Jew. That's right. Little three and four-year-olds out there playing on the playground. Instead of talking about uh, Frozen, Elsa, <laughs> Anna, Olaf the Little Snowman. Oh, no. Death to the Jew. Death to the Jew. You're a Jew. Yeah. Mm. And I, I, I can feel it right now. Your blood is boiling, all of you Biden liberals. You're like, the Palestinians, all those poor people. They're so oppressed. All them poor people. Really? They're poor? You know, they've launched, uh, uh, as of this recording, uh, 4,000 rockets. And Israel, somewhere close to there, 4,000 rockets. 4,000 rockets. Do you know how much one of those ro rockets cost? I'm not talking about a baker's dozen. I'm talking about one of those rockets. How much it cost? $45,000. Here, uh, let, let's, uh, let's do a little math here. 45000 I got my calculator out. $45,000 times 4000 Oh, 180 million. Could they have not taken that 180 million and fed the hungry in Palestine? Could they not have used it to work on their infrastructure? Could they have not invested that money? But oh, no. They got to go against the Jews. They got to go against Israel. That's right. Envy. And everything's fair, but oh, they call out unfairness, unjust. Oh, no, it's fair. You know, if you're Palestinian listening to this, your greatest hope in, for your life right now in this generation is in Israel. Israel will love you. They'll take you in. You need to assimilate. Learn to speak Hebrew. Learn to be a good Israeli citizen. They're not going to force you to be a Jew. You can still pray to Allah. That's right. It's a state of freedom. That's why America is allies with it. Because Israel wants to be a part of the free world. There is no hope in Hamas. There is no hope in Palestine. You know, those Hamas uh, rocket launchers were shooting rockets into their own territory, killing their own people. You know, I, I mean, you, you read the Quran. It is not a book of life. It's a book of death. It's not a religion of peace. It's a religion of pieces, as Michael Savage says. They want to die. They teach death. You die a Sharia or a Shaid or whatever they call it. Uh, paradise in heaven immediately. That's what they teach and preach. So they die for their Hamas commanders. They die for their uh, commanders in the West Bank. That's right. They do. 
they're a patriot in their own way but uh i mean look at it look what it's got them absolutely nothing i mean the signs are there it's it's like it's like elijah all over again let's test and see who is god you take people who journeyed by foot out of dark territory of europe coming through turkey down through russia all of that and and set up tents in that desert and we're blessed oh that's god the signs of the lord have been done in israel the world needs to wake up and see it the church needs to wake up and see it it's there pray for israel pray for the peace of jerusalem study what bible prophecy says about gaza about the palestinians like i said i'm not biased i'm bible based that's right i don't go off what biden says i go off with what my bible says read it the church goes to heaven israel is elected and gaza is forsaken amos prophesied it amos chapter 1 verses 6 through 8 thus says the lord for three transgressions of gaza and for four i will not turn away its punishment because they took captive the whole captivity to deliver them up to Edom. But I will send fire upon the walls of Gaza, which shall devour its palaces. I will cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod and the one who holds the scepter from Ashkelon. I will turn my hand against Ekron and the remnant of the Philistines shall perish. Thus saith the Lord. That's right, that little Gaza Strip. They're on the eastern side of the Mediterranean Sea at the southwest corner of Israel. All those major cities, Ashkelon, Ashdod, Ekron, Gaza. The Lord says, your transgressions are three, yea, I say four, meaning they are an overflow. Three is full, four is the overflow. You're done. You're cut off. It's over. That's what's in your Bible. The same book that says, repent of your sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's right. The same book, the very same book says Gaza is done. I mean, you notice what the, the, the word of the Lord came to the prophet saying, I will send fire upon the wall of Gaza. You know what? That sounds a, a lot to me like return rocket fire. Iron dome stuff. I, I, I know war is, I mean, war is hell. There, there's no other uh, uh, way to say it. I mean, police work is hell. It is. Everything you see that the police does, it's just uh, grotesque. That's the work of the police that they have to deal with every day. Yeah, what our military has to deal with, I mean, it, that's what it is. It's fire on the wall. And fire is being sent upon Gaza. I know it's, it's horrible, but can I tell you, I just was mesmerized seeing that Iron Dome stuff. I mean, it looked like something off of Star Wars up there. You know, Star Wars. Uh, the, the the Empire fighting the Rebellion. They got those big ships and little Rebellion ships are shooting uh, against those little ships that shoot out green stuff. You know, and, the, and they get in there and knock out the uh, protective barriers and then blow everything up. I mean, that's what it looked like up in the sky over Israel. Hamas is shooting their rockets and Israel's shooting up their rockets to attack their rockets. And it's just beautiful technology. That's right. Yep. Hamas. There goes $45,000. Where is $45,000? That's right. $180 million blown up in the sky. Where are they getting that money? Where are they getting the money for that? 
Some say Iran. Where's Iran getting the money? Joe Biden. That's right. You know, it's it's all around us. It's everywhere. It's all around us. The signs that Jesus said, when you look up and see these things, don't be afraid, don't be terrified, but instead look up and smile for your redemption draws nigh. That's right. Commotion is all around us. Wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, COVID-19, earthquakes are happening, persecution is happening. And oh, yes, Jesus said you'll see fearful signs in the sky. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon will be turned to blood. You know what's coming up this coming May 26, 2021? They're calling it a super flower blood moon. An enormous blood moon, a lunar eclipse is coming up in the sky. These are not coincidences. No, these are signs that Jesus said. When you see these things happen, know this, that it's not the end, but rather the beginning of the end. I'm calling upon you backsliders listening to this. Pray through. Repent of your sins. Can God make it any more obvious? Can God make it any more clear? He's coming back. That's right. Mm. Two will be there and one will be taken. One will be left. The signs are there, clear as day. It's not only in your Bible. It's happening right before your very eyes. The end is not now. The end is near. I'm Justin C. Gleason. You're back here to listen. And I'm back here to rant, rave, and talk. We're trying to keep God in your pod in the year of our Lord 2021. So please consider subscribing. Become a loyal listener. Give us a great review and rating. Share this episode with your friends. Contact me at justincgleason at gmail.com. Follow me at Justin C. Gleason on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Reference the episode notes for further details. Podcasting is the future. This God, Bible, and Church podcast was once called Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason. It is no longer known by that name. This will be the the third and last time I announce this change here on this podcast. Our new name is officially Justin C. Gleason. That's what it is, Justin C. Gleason, and we have a new cover art. Um, the name change in cover art still may not be updated on some of your pod platforms. I don't know why that is, but it's, you know, it's a common problem that needs to be troubleshooted among other podcasters and other podcasters. I know, you know what I'm talking about, so just be patient. It'll change whenever (laughs) it uh, wants to change. Some of you will still see spirit signal here and there. You'll still see dove tower and that's, that's good. You know, it's great graphic. Our new graphic, the radios, the radios, that's right, the voice, the signal, live and loud through the power of internet audio. 
So why this new name change? Well, not too long ago, I was uh, channel surfing and came across a Ghost Hunter TV show. I've never watched one of those episodes. I just keep going. I, th I think it's just bogus. I don't think it's real. I think it's just uh, fiction playing off uh, people's uh, hysteria and uh, psychological imagination. Well, I just, I don't know. I just stopped and thought, I'll just give it a try. And there's these two guys, smart dudes, real smart. And they had these devices, technology that I've never seen before. And they were in this house looking for ghosts. And they kept saying to each other, ooh, here's a spirit signal. Here's a spirit signal. And I thought at first, oh my goodness, they're listening to my podcast. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. This isn't the podcast. They're actually looking for ghosts. And I got to looking at that house, what the world would call haunted, I call a demon-possessed house. I could just see it in that house. The signs were there. There were actual devils. That's right. It was a den of devils, a place of a habitation for unclean spirits. I've cast devils out of houses before. You, you see this often. A, a new ch a church member will move into a new house and, you know, they wake up in the middle of the night with uh, something sitting on top of them trying to choke them to death. Uh, kids will be terrorized by something in their closet. Well, it's an unclean spirit. And all you got to do, call up your pastor gather together in the center of that house and curse and cast out anything that opposes God. And it'll, it'll leave. It will. But then you got to clean up that house, repent, you know, uh, get good stuff in that house. Otherwise, those devils will come back. They want that house. They will. That's what you got to do. So I don't want to be associated with that. It's a common term used with ghost hunter spirit signals. So, and you know, the word signal really isn't uh, how it, how uh, the message that I communicate, the spiritual message about signals, it really is, they don't use that word in the Bible. They use the word sign. That's right, sign, spiritual signs. That's really a better word. And the subject of signs will be uh, in, in the folder of our main talking points uh, forever on this podcast. That's the plan anyway. Okay, so yeah, spirit signal is uh, for ghosts. Also, Spirit Signal is the name of a copyrighted song by a musical artist named Jinx Miller. I could get in trouble if old Jinxies ever wants to cause trouble for me for that. So that's another reason why we changed the name. You know, and another thing, a lot of podcasts are like bands. You have multiple members. You have two or three people uh, sitting in the room uh, talking to each other. Those are called multi-logs. Well, you can't have three names of the three uh, guys and girls uh, there uh, at the top of the title. That'd make it too long. So they shorten it up by uh, an actual name, a name for their podcast, not their own individual names, but a name for the podcast. So I'm, but I'm not a multi-logger. I'm a mono-logger. And, and occasionally we, we bring up phenomenal, phenomenal guests on this podcast, but it's still monologue. So you look at the leading monologue podcasts out there do they use a, a name for the podcast or their own name they use their own name so that's another reason for the change uh next after uh i started traveling again this year doing a lot of guest speaking and loyal listeners come up to me which i love that by the way if you ever see me and you're a loyal listener please come up and let's chat I'd love to hear what you think about the podcast and i uh, just want to hear about what's going on in your life i want to be in touch with my audience well, people would come up to me and they would just uh, talk about Justin Gleason's podcast. That's what they refer refer it to. Nobody says spirit signal. I, I even look on social media. 
even when they share links, they just say, listen to Justin Gleason, Justin Gleason's podcast. Very rarely does somebody even say spirit signal. It's, it's like a tongue twister or something. I, I, I don't know. No, nobody says spirit signal. So that's another reason for the change. You know, name change happens. It does for people. Jesus changed people's names. So if you, if you uh, organize your podcast alphabetically, I'm no longer in the S. I'm down in the J. It's just Justin C. Gleason. I included that C in there because I'm named after a great man, Charles Dyson, my grandpa, my mother's father. And also, it just uh, distinguishes me. I, you're seeing people do that. You know, preachers and, and businessmen and all, all guys back in the old days did their initials. You had N-A-Urshan, J-T-Pew, <laughs> even my grandpa's W.C. Gleason, C.R. Dyson. It's just uh, sort of how they did it. Yep. So uh, I'm not going to do J.C. Gleason. It's Justin C. Gleason. And uh, it's a it's a great name, has a great meaning. Most of us don't know what our names mean, but I decided I'm going to find out, and I want my name to mean something. And I found out Justin is a derivative from the Latin name Justinian, and the the uh, Irish wouldn't say you know Justinian that it was just Justin, and it means upright, to be righteous. Charles is a ancient English name, and it just means a man, mankind. Gleason means the son of glee. Glee is an old word for a strong male voice, the male vocalist. So I'm a righteous man with a great voice. That's what my name means. Does your Bible say God is done with Israel? No, he's not. Look at what the New Testament says about Israel. Romans chapter 11, verse number 25. The Apostle Paul says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. Mm. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Verse 28, concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers, for the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. You notice that concerning the gospel, Israel is our enemies. Yeah. Israelis, uh, he, the Jews, they don't believe Jesus is Messiah. They don't believe our gospel. They don't believe our good news. So yeah, there, there are enemies in regards to that, but concerning the election, which means Bible prophecy at the end of time, <laughs> They are beloved for the sake of the fathers. God is not done with Israel. That's why when you read Revelation, it's so confusing. It's because it's not for the church. 
That's right. After God gives the message to the church and then John sees an open door and he shoots up to heaven, which is a typology of the catching away, then the tribulation comes. That's why it says saints. That's what Israel is. They are the tribulation saints, God's elect gathered from the four winds. They are the election. Uh, it's, re- it's really simple when you think of it. So yeah, concerning Bible prophecy, there's a connection and you'll feel that. If you're a spiritual person, you go to Israel, you're around the Jews, you're around those who are truly Israel. You'll feel that connection. But you notice in this passage, blindness has in part happened to Israel. You know, they, they have some light, but for the most part, uh, they walk in darkness. And they're going to have this darkness until the fullness of the Gentiles is fulfilled. And that's just simply the power of Gentile nations and the church within them. Whenever God is done with all of that, that's it. The, the light will come. That's right. And that light will be seen on the Mount of Olives, and all Israel will be saved in the end. Yep, they are God's elect. Uh, think of it like this, you know, Noah and his three sons and their wives you know, got into that ark. Noah, his wife, three sons, three daughters-in-law got into that ark, eight souls. The whole world perished. The only people that survived were those eight souls, and they repopulated the earth. Well, that's, gonna, that's what's going to happen. You know, the tribulation is going to kill, kill, kill. God is going to destroy, destroy, destroy. And there'll be a remnant that God wants to repopulate the earth with. Who is that? Israel. That's right. Israel, those who are going to know their God and be strong and do exploits, as Daniel the prophet foresaw. And they're going to repopulate that earth for a thousand years while the church is glorified up into the heavens. So that's why we stand with Israel. Uh, It's not out of hate against Arabs. And it's not just because we love the Jews, but more so, I, I just stand with God. I stand with his word. I stand with his covenants. I stand with his promises. I stand with his blessings. I stand with his cursings. I stand with Bible prophecy. And I certainly stand with prophetic biblical fulfillment. I mean, you look in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, God's covenant with Abraham. You know, get out of your country. I'm going to make you a great name. I'm going to make you a great people. I'm going to give you a great land. That's right. And anybody who blesses you, I'll bless them. Anybody who curses you, I will curse them. You know, we were talking earlier about uh, Europe, what they did to the Jews. You know, during the, you know what really I believe started the bubonic plague? It's all, it was preceded by uh, uh, persecution against the Jews in Spain, all throughout Israel. And, and what happened? Big plague breaks out. It was like being cursed. They cursed what God said not to curse, and, and that's what happened. Uh, then you look at Britain, who became a blessing uh, to Israel. You look at the Crusades, those Crusaders. Yeah, what what in history they call all oh, the oppressors. It was so unfair. All those poor people, all those poor Muslims. Uh, no, no, that was fair war, and the victors took the spoil of it, and God blessed Britain because of it. They were a blessing to Israel. And God bless them. Now, of course, there's backstory and stuff. But the main idea, the main uh, history of that is God blessed Britain because they were blessing to Israel to drive the Muslims out of territory that didn't even belong to them. Did you, uh, did you know in the Quran, uh, Jerusalem is not even mentioned? Yeah. Islam has no inheritance by their own prophetic writings. No inheritance in Jerusalem. But it's envy. It's all it is. 
They just envy what they can't have and can't work for themselves, and they're just full of Antichrist. That's right. So yeah, Britain was blessed because of the Crusades, and I think America was truly blessed in you know the baby boomers. We exploded in the 50s because we said Israel is a state in 1948. Yeah, during all that World War II stuff, Israel reforming, you know what formed? United Pentecostal Church, 1945. UPC stands with Israel. Bishop Bedard has made that clear. All of our other superintendents have done that. We have made that clear. We are for Israel. They are not the oppressor. They are the blessed. That's right. So has Israel always been blessed? No. No, not really. Has things always been good for Israel? No. You know why? It's just like what God said to them. If you forsake me, I'll forsake you. You can't handle life. You can't handle this word without me. God spoke, spoke these things to Israel. He said, if you will be with me, I'll be with you. If you stand with me, I'll stand with you. God told them in their law, Leviticus 26, that if you disobey me, your enemies will begin to inhabit your land. They will take over. God also said in Leviticus 26, when that happens, I'll never make a complete end of you. You will never be completely destroyed. There will always be a slight remnant. Isaiah prophesied a question. Can a nursing mother reject her baby? No, she can't. And he likened it to God. Not saying God is a woman. No, God is a he. (laughs) But it's like a mother never rejecting her baby and God would never reject Israel. Yep. Isaiah would also write that the day will come when your enemies will begin to be scattered. And you're going to look for your enemies and you won't even find them. They will be gone. And that was fulfilled. Assyria, Babylon, all of them. All those nations, gone. Gone. Completely given over to other larger countries. They were taken over. Uh, You look at Egypt. Ezekiel prophesied about Egypt. Ezekiel 29. for, For centuries, Egypt was a strong empire. Built upon slavery. That's right. Slavery did not begin in the United States. It began in Africa. It's always been there. Still a, a remnant of it there uh, in Africa. It was a strong empire, but it was brought down by Babylon. Uh, since then, it, it's become an independent nation. Uh, but, it, you know, it was heavily controlled and oppressed by uh, the Romans. And then the Ottomans, then uh, various European nations. Uh, then it kind of got its independence. But you look at Egypt, they tried to come back again against against Israel uh, in the 40s, the 60s, the 70s. They tried to dominate Israel, but each and every time, very unsuccessful. And despite the fact that Egypt is uh, like almost 10 times larger than Israel, they, they still can't take them down. Look, there's I, the list goes on throughout the prophets, the Old Testament scriptures, that when Israel would rebel against God, they would be judged by the occupation of Gentile nations into their land. But if they would return to God, the Lord would drive out those uh, Gentile inhabitants and God would restore the kingdom back to Israel. During the New Testament times, uh, you had Judea and you had Galilee, but they were controlled by the Herods who were not Hebrew, not Israeli. They were Edomites, which there's a lot of prophecy against them. And then the Herods were controlled by the Romans. So yeah, Rome was the the leading power 
over uh, Judea and Galilee. And the Romans uh, oppressed them greatly. Did Jesus say, fight them? He said, no. Turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, give them your tunic also. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's the kingdom of heaven, and all are welcome into it. And that's a kingdom I'm a part of. But the disciples, the apostles, were very concerned still with Israel. And you read about it in Acts 1. They said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Does Jesus say, no, absolutely not, I'm done with Israel? Uh Uh-uh. He says, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons of those things. Why don't you go and get some real power? Power to cast out devils. Power to speak in new tongues. Power to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Power to baptize people and their sins be forgiven. And they did, they did. Yeah, but the kingdom of Israel is being restored. It was restored 73 years ago, and it continues to be restored and ultimately fully restored at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah prophesied that the law would be sealed among the disciples. This is Isaiah chapter 8. The law would be sealed among my disciples. And these disciples would become signs and wonders to Israel. That's what we are to Israel, the church. We are signs and wonders to them. And Israel keeps their eyes on the church, especially the apostolic church. The way we worship, the miracles we have they see, the feelings they get when they're around us, they feel a connection to us. That's because we are worshiping the same God. The only difference is, the only difference is they are not certain that Jesus is the Son of God. But they will, because one day they'll see him on their mountain. That's right. They'll look up and see him. Nail-scarred hands, nail-scarred feet, a pierced side. And he'll call out to him, I love you. And he's going to walk down that mountain, that same mountain that he wept and sweated great drops of blood in. The Mount of Olives on the eastern side of Jerusalem, he's going to walk down that mountain, plow through all them Muslim graves, blow right through that gate that Saladin stopped up on the eastern gate. He's going to come in and reestablish his temple just like Ezekiel foresaw. God is not done with Israel. He hasn't rejected him. He can't. He can't break the covenant with Abraham. Because if God breaks a covenant, then he's a liar. Why do you think Satan battles against Israel? If Israel is nothing, then why does Satan fight them so much? If it's all church, all church, and God's done with Israel, why does Satan still fight Israel? I'll tell you why. It's because God swore an oath to Abraham, and he swore upon himself. There was none greater than himself. Meaning if God breaks his promise with Abraham concerning his great name and his great people, his seed and his land, then God, if he breaks all those things, then God's a liar. God swore on himself as the collateral, meaning if God breaks his promise with Abraham, he can't be God anymore. And that's what Satan's trying to do. Make God break his promises. Make God not keep his word. You know, the word of the Lord holds the framework of the earth together. The word of the Lord keeps Israel going. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of the Lord is what keeps the church alive and going. The word of the Lord and Satan fights his word and he fights it by trying to make God a liar and break his promises. That's why there's all that chaos there. That's why Satan has raised up Hamas and Palestine and their $45,000 stupid little rockets that get shot down by the might and power of the Iron Dome 
of Yisrael. Yeah, I'll leave you with this. Look in your Bible genealogies from Adam to Abraham, 1,948 years. From Abraham to Jesus, 1,948 years. And from Jesus to the state of Israel, 1,948 years. May 14th, 1948, big year, big prophetic year. And uh, prophecy is being fulfilled. Don't fight it. Don't come against it, but rather believe in it and pray for it. The church is going to heaven. Israel is elected and Gaza shall be forsaken. I'm Justin C. Gleason. Thank you. Thank you.